Hey everyone, a little forewarning on this interview, not that I wanted to like have an intro to this or anything, but my microphone was all messed up during this, so yay us. However, I am just going to reline some of the interview questions that I answered through post-production. So I guess we're having an interview with Corey through time. We'll see how this goes. I expect great things only. All right, me with a mouthful of food. Hello there. Hi. How are you, new boy? I mean, a bagel. It's a good bagel. It is a good bagel. What's your name? Uh, my name's Corey. Hold on. I told you I needed to finish this bagel before we started. And then you're like, let's have a moment of silence. Like, uh, Anyway, my name is uh, Corey. Hello. Hello. That's it. <laughs> well, Corey, I think the first, first and foremost is like, we're doing my interview first, right? Yeah, we're doing That's your interview. Rock, paper, scissors. It was the rock and paper, scissors. Rock and paper, scissors. Rock and paper, scissors. And then it was the... Um, and then we did then we, did, we didn't know what we decided on when we did it. <laughs> I just want to point out, though, I won. Um, first thing. First things first. Like all things, what are you drinking? Oh, my God. I'm not even drinking anything. It's your fancy... It's your fancy uh, thing that you it's just got in. It's my fancy water bottle that took three years. Yeah. Um, I am drinking a lovely hazelnut roast. So Ian's microphone just would not pick this up. And since I already said it, I'm just going to say it again in post-production. It was from our wonderful friends over at Homebrew Coffee. Their hazelnut roast was to die for. They're up in Canada. Free shout out. Free plugs for them. Finger guns. Let's go. That's all they get. That's all they get for free. I'm not going to do it anymore, Corey. No, they didn't sign the contract. They know that I sent them the contract and they never signed it. So that's all they Thank you for that wonderful You're kindness. Like, I only halfway realized when you said kept going. I'm like, oh, I need to fill space. I gotcha. Okay. Now that my bagel's finished, then I can focus. <laughs> um, all right. So, coffee. Interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you're a morning person kind of guy. I see. Begrudging. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly a morning person. Forced, forced because of work? Forced because of new job, yes. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Mm. I love it. Did I say morning person? Uh, I used to get up at like 4.30 a.m. Uh, and now I have to get up at like 6.37. So it's... Um, okay. So we're here for D&D. Let's not talk about it for right now. Uh, what are your hobbies outside of D&D? Oh, man. Oh, man. I, was, I didn't... This was like the number one question. I didn't like... Uh, oh, oof. Oh, I guess currently, uh, I guess currently, the biggest one outside of D&D is I like playing video games. I guess anything of fighting games more than anything currently. I think the competitiveness is super fun. And every time you have a new fighting game or a new character, it's like relearning how you do stuff. And I find that super fun. The other big hobby I have is typewriter repair. I have typewriter. Yeah, yeah, I have typewriters that I like to fix them up and get them fixed. Hey, Clint. This is my interview. You're gonna ruin it. It's kind of bad. Because <laughs> I know you have the one typewriter that's upstairs that you want to write a book on. Mm -hmm. I want to write a completely typed uh, book on a typewriter. And right now I'm shooting for a five-page short story about a fictional person fighting a fictional god in a fictional universe. And I like the idea of yeah. that's not a lot of pages it's not, a lot of pages. It's not. Unless, unless you use like all margins it's not like i'm trying to set it up as like you do i give myself line breaks for paragraphs i give myself line breaks for new dialogue so it's i get more or less four paragraphs per page um how'd you get into typewriter repair so, so I've always liked typewriters i used to collect them uh way back when and uh, i had to sell a few I had to sell almost all of them off to grant one time. Um, and lately, I've recently been able to find really good on ones that I like. Um, I just think that's really cool. It's a mechanical device. You like look at like typewriters as they get better or throughout the ages. It's really cool to see the transition from old, old typewriters to a little bit newer, a little more sleek, a little more modernized. Then you get into what's called like an analog bubble. So it's like all the characters on the typewriter, like the golf ball series thing, mm -hmm. which is a precursor to uh, analog uh, uh, or digital typewriting. 
So it, it's kind of cool to see the stages of uh, how their processing goes throughout the ages. Such a fat cat. I find that interesting because it kind of coincides with like the linguistics and language that I know you, you, you both and I kind of share in that way. But I think it's funny that the um, idea that you like typewriters and all that stuff and you like the words and how the process is, but you're dyslexic. Oh, like that, I think is hilarious that you just love it and then you got to fix it. It's like an alien language. It's just like, <laughs> it's trying to tell me something, I know it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, even though I'm dyslexic, that has uh, been more than a few struggles. Not, I, I wouldn't say struggles. I'm not that dyslexic to the point if I feel like I'm held back. But I, there's been times where I'm just like, well, I work at a bank with paper files and you look at paper files all day, your eyes kind of go blank to everything. And then if everything's already kind of fighting your eyeballs, I know. It's rough. I was there with I you. I know, you helped me out a lot. I also insulted you a lot. <laughs> you sure did. Uh, no, and then I think my only other hobby I have that I'm re recently getting back into is just uh, reading. But because of the, the dyslexia, I do audiobook mostly. Yeah, I, I figured on that. I think we both we both share that. And we Plus, it's just so much easier to like when you're driving. So. Yeah, especially with some of the stuff that we do in terms of work. Yeah. Just mindlessness. Again, my, I have a problem with just keeping focused on eyes. It's easier to, for me to keep focus yeah. on audio versus like a visual medium because especially like when i'm reading because sometimes i just skip lines because i speed read um a lot quicker because i just need to get through this keeps pace with me and it keeps me like grounded okay cool so moving on uh now we'll talk about D. &D. yay hey. that's my number one hobby oh my gosh no way so how did you get started uh i got started have the same start as either Hannah or David. So my first run into D and D is my old history teacher with uh, just history courses and time period using Dungeons and Dragons. Um, there was a class I took with him. It was like an after-school curricular class of uh, Japanese heritage history. And the reading material they assigned for that class was like Usagi Ojibo comics. Uh, we played. It was more or less Risk. I think I showed, it was Shogun, but it, it's basically Brisk, but in feudal Japan. And then we had a few assignments, research, and stuff like that. Um, he also taught um, other subjects. He would always try to gamify it. He, that was the first time I played Dungeons and Dragons. One of his classes, uh, I think, a Roman history class or something. Roman history? Yeah. We were like all gladiators and like a gladiator death kit. That's pretty sweet. Did yeah. you survive? No, no. Everybody, everybody yeah, does. The class was so big, and with Dungeons and Dragons being the way it is, you had to like share characters with people. Uh, and the character being this guy had, he obviously liked to play in a different way. It was just really fun. Mm -hmm. Kind of weird, weird tangent, but this made me think of it because you're gladiators at school. Yeah, there was a story I remember hearing about in high school that somebody wrote because somebody proposed an idea of like, what would happen if a hundred Marines went back into Roman times. <laughs> And somebody actually started writing a story on it. I, I think it was some sort of Reddit thing, but that kind of reminded me of like, maybe kind of cool. You do, it? yeah, yeah. That would be an interesting like setting topic topic to do. Is like, who what would happen? I would actually get into the yeah. Who would yeah? Who would win the Ro a Roman army? Yeah. Or a hundred Marines? But think they only have their limited ammo that they got from when they jumped in. And yeah, stuff. but even besides the ammo, I think Marines are just better trained to hand to hand combat than Roman soldiers back then. But I think, oh, but maybe the Romans, I think it depends on how big the army is and how much ammo you can get out. Because if you run out of ammo, I think they're screwed. I don't think they're screwed, they're screwed but I definitely think that's when... They're screwed. Because they, you can't beat a phalanx with a bunch of trained men that's been doing it all their lives who are probably stronger. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my theory on it. Anyway... Now, this is kind of where we somewhat break from the other games, because you're a little special. You're a special boy. You're the DM. You like DM, GM? Uh, I, I, I DM because that was just the first one I remember. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one I I go to say. Yeah. Um, I do the same. I, I like DM better. Yeah. But I like the idea of Game Master more. I think Game Master encompasses more... I don't like the DM as like dungeon master because hot take. I think dungeons and dungeons and dragons are not fun. Uh, that's a hot take. It is. We're hot gonna take. come back to yeah. that. 
but Game Master, I think, is like, it, it keeps in mind that it is a game. Everyone's here to play. Uh, whereas Dungeon Master can be thought of, like, they have to make sure the dungeon ends. Mm -hmm. So how did you start as the DM? Or a DM, just in general? I think it was me and a few friends of mine wanted to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and we were all super new to it. I think we were like 14 or 15 at the time, and I volunteered back then, and we were fortunate nowadays. But back then, Dungeons & Dragons was still kind of hard to get a hold of, and this was only like 12, 10, 13 years ago, whatever. I actually picked up a book called Goblins and Labyrinth, or Labyrinth and Goblins, I, I don't really remember, but it was a D&D &D knockoff. Because I had this weird thing where one was the best thing you could roll, but a 20 was a critical failure or a fumble, one being the critical success, and 19 was the second best thing you could roll. That's whack. It was so hard to do, and I didn't have the experience to just go, oh, I'll just reverse it. I don't have to listen to the rule book. So uh, we played that, and that was really fun, because um, first edition hurts people's souls. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, and then I DM'd a few games ever since then, and then I got felt more into it, and I, I, I enjoy it. I get to play all the characters that are in my head, I get to voice everything I like. Um, I get to give magic items to friends that I never like. I get to have just as much fun as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I get to dish it out however I feel. That's cool. Then, did, did, you know, go ahead. And then if they just don't please me, I kill them, so. You like being God. Noted, being God. Noted, Ian has a God complex. I, if I could, if I was a bad DM, I would totally just write a book with my players at the table and be like, this is fun. You're having fun. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. With that, I think I don't remember during, because I did listen to all the uh, um, player interviews, <laughs> but I don't remember if it was ever said how you met with everyone or what was the, I mean. Like everyone in particular? Yeah, I don't remember if there was a, how we got a connection of how the group was formed. Uh, yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, I met... Hannah and David at my old school. Uh, okay, do we want to make this interview funny? Because I have a funny story about Hannah. Okay, go for okay, it. We'll the David. So me and David started hanging out. So I think at that time we had like a two-year difference. Uh, David was like 13, I was 15 at the time. Uh, and the school was small. So me and David hit it off really good. Uh, we are friends. Um, then I started taking classes with Hannah. We were friends then. Um, we went snowboarding together, and then trying to think of our operations. Through David and Hannah, I joined 4-H, where I met Ben, because he joined 4-H that year too. We became friends. From there, Hannah went to college, who, and her second year roommate was Darcy, and they were roommates from then on out, and that's when we I became friends with Darcy. Hannah went to... Dude, my life was all around Hannah. Jeez. Hannah went to a mountain ranch. Uh, I went the second year, met Chase. Me and Chase became friends. And then Darcy brought in her friend, Caitlin, to a birthday party of mine. We became friends. And then her sister, Maggie, uh, eventually blurred it. And then we became friends. So it sounds like the real reason that this game exists is because of Hannah. Yes. Uh, here's the funny Hannah, the funny story with Hannah is... Um, at the time that I was taking classes with Hannah, I had a huge crush on her and a really good story about that. And that is, you know how like in relationships, everyone gets that one cheat? Like you get the one cheat. Sure, yeah, if that's yeah, what you want to say it. Yeah. I've never really done that, like, so I don't want to say it. <laughs> like your first person that like, if you ever have the chance to like sleep with Brad Pitt, like that's your one cheat. Sure, Brad Pitt is your one cheat. Gotcha. Yeah. Not um, not anybody else in a timely, relevant manner that is currently in this day and age. Yes, thank you. In June, uh, June 5th, 2022. Yeah, no one... I didn't say someone else's name who was recently on a court case. Um, so, long story short, that... Chief Editor Corey here. <laughs> That's what's me. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, I had a relationship at the time... And uh, she picked, I don't know, she picked some underwear model dude uh, at the time. And uh, me being dumb, I sent Hannah from Ceramics. We <laughs> <laughs> dated ever since, so it worked out. That's super fucking cute. <laughs> super cute. Uh, <laughs> every every person I tell that story was like, you're an idiot. Yeah, but. But it's funny in these situations where you're like, oh, you're an idiot. 
But are you an idiot if it worked out for the yeah, better? Getting back on topic here. Thank you. Um, why did you fall in love with Dungeons & Dragons? Um, or do you? If You you could just like it. I mean, you don't have to love it. I mean, it doesn't say I love um, you back. So it's, it's... I think... So the reason I really enjoy Dungeons & Dragons as a game is I love games. I have... I mean, if we look to my left here, I got like 80 board games. Uh, we look to my right, I have a bunch of D&D minis and everything. Um, I have hundreds of video games. I have multiple consoles. I like games in general. I like the aspect of there's a goal, you get points, or you get uh, little story structures that lead into other things. I love games in that aspect. Um, it's something to focus on that is um, rewarding for the sake of enjoying. Dungeons and Dragons takes that and you can add as much story element to, to it as you want. If you want it to be just a grind, played by the numbers, played by the book as a game, you can, and it's very well set up for that, but you can also set it up as a very fun storytelling method. You can invite your friends and if you you can ignore the dice if you want for the sake of the story, which is a great, it's a great mechanic that everyone at the table can understand. Uh, yes, I rolled bad on this, but if everyone agrees, maybe that didn't work out and maybe it's better if something else happened. Everyone could just agree and go on from there. So it's a game that you can play with all your friends and there's enough of a game element to have your own rewarding um, process of doing. But it's also a great way to get a story across to, you know, put yourself in the shoes of a character you enjoy or put yourself in the shoes of someone who has a trait that you really enjoy about yourself and you want to extend it to its full thing. Um, I like stories a lot, so to have a game and a story is pretty great. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. Um, Two questions to follow up on that. One, what's your favorite game that's not D&D? Uh, man, this is going to sound really bad coming off that story tangent, but uh, Tetris. 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 Tetris is one of my favorite videos of all time. Just because you enjoy fitting uh, things in the little slots? Yes. It's uh, it's uh, Organized Chaos, which has a very uh, simplified, uh, nice view to it, and it was one of my mom's and me's favorite games growing up, so um, I just like it. it, it the, the music, the sound effects, the simple process of here's a piece, put it somewhere, and just keep going faster. Going faster as fast faster. as you can until it ends. And then, so mentioned dice rolls and you ignoring the dice rolls. Do you hide your dice? Do I hide my dice from the players? Yes. Yes. Only because um, I have a DM screen to... I hide my dice not because I'm, like, keeping them away from players. I have a DM screen up to, like, guard my side of the table so I can have my stuff on the table and not pushed off. Because we have seven people around one table, which is a pretty big table. But I lost one of the leaf inserts, so it's not as big as it could be. And the table gets pretty packed with everyone's books laptops character sheets pencils figures maps food oh dude when we have big food it's awful so i have a dm screen it hides my dice the object is to not hide my dice so if you had a bigger table you wouldn't hide your dice i probably wouldn't that's how my brother does it actually which i think is interesting um because i actually would hide it um except for big rolls then it's out in the open because then that oh. makes it more special in my yeah, opinion i would what I would love to have done, um, everyone voted no, so we listened to the party, is uh, I'd love to roll players' perceptions and stealth rolls. I, I would love to roll those and hide those. Yeah, they're I like that idea. And that same. Those are the only three rolls I've ever wanted to hide from the players. Mm -hmm. uh, the death saves because it builds a lot more tension. Yeah. Uh, perception and stealth is because you. Sh I don't think you should know how sneaky you are mm -hmm. or how well you listened or saw something. Right, because that's just like, you have an eight. Oh, I rolled an, a tw natural 20 yeah. and you see nothing. Then you're going to be all confident or it's you have a natural one and you're just like, you don't, you don't see nothing. Yeah. And you're like, then you kind of have to, It's. I feel like it's almost harder for certain people because these people are not actors Yeah. to be able to pretend or role play that the they don't know what's going on yeah. versus where it's like, you're very confident that you see nothing. Yeah. And if you just like use that line, anytime you ever do your natural 20, you're very confident you see nothing. Natural one, you're very confident you see nothing. 
there was uh, there was a game I played where that was uh, the rule of the DM rolled those things, mm-hmm. and I will never forget where the paladin had disadvantage, or no, on that game. Basically, they had a huge negative of their self roll, and I will never forget the excitement where we all rolled really well, mm-hmm. and then we get to the part where the DM describes what the paladin's doing, and the paladin rolled really well, and we got through a stealth encounter with everyone, and it was like, yes! <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. As a DM, what are your kind of goals for when you play the games? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about whenever you set up sessions? And uh, first thing I have as a DM, ooh, all right, this is a, this is gonna be a hot. This, I have to split this in my mind because I'm not smart enough to think of it as a whole. DM, as in like, if I'm just running like a, a game for people, or DM for the podcast, because I actually approach them a little different. Kind of curious to hear both because I'm a little confused in a way. So if I approach a table as just a regular DM, mm-hmm. I have the very... The very first thought I have is how I can make this fun for everyone, including myself. I ask, are we going to be role-playing a lot? Cool. But how can I make this fun for the player who doesn't like to role-play? Can I give them a side thing of a strength contest at a festival or an arm wrestling match or something along those lines? Another thing is just to keep everyone doing something or rolling for something. There was uh, one session I played where I didn't get to talk to anyone. I didn't get to do anything. And I think I touched my dice three times in four hours and they were all bad rolls. So it was like super not fun. So I always try to make sure something is going on for everyone, regardless what the dice are rolling. Even if it's bad outcomes, you know, as long as they're doing something you know, if if you if you roll your dice three times in four hours and they were all bad, that's a bad session. But if you roll your dice, you know, 12 times and six of them were bad, but it happened all within like 20 minutes and then you just went on from there. It's a little it's a the band-aid's easier to pull off, I guess. I also try to make sure everyone has a their moment, whether it's a cool death or a cool final blow. I always try to make sure everyone has their signature their moment to just kind of take something away from the session. When it comes to the podcast, it's very much of the same line of thought, but I almost try to drown everyone with plot hooks and callbacks to their story whenever and however I can. I do have an issue of putting some cool stuff like behind like logic trains, I guess, flowcharts almost, where they have to go here, talk to this person during the full moon. Not that specific, but you know what I mean. But for the most part, I want to say like, 90, 80% of the time, I do try to take what the players do and roll with it. I go into each session with a mindset of, uh, okay, let's see how they solve this puzzle, throw these hints out there if they need it, and while they work on that, I should think of what's happening next or what the next puzzle is going to be. I saw this really good meme a while back, which was like, I don't come up with solutions, I come up with problems. So I take that to heart. So it's, it's seems like you have a broad sense of like being able to handle when you're like when you can stop it because it does it's not like you have to be like okay they have to get to the, this bar and then stop like yeah. nothing else matters like i have to get them over here it's okay hey chase found this guy in the alleyway something happens and we're done for there this is what's going to happen next time yeah we're have to figure it out from there yeah no i never figure i never find myself i need to get to a stopping point uh because i i know no matter how hard i plan they'll find their own stopping point and it could be either past or before mine uh i think we stopped it basically halfway through a fight yeah we did uh so far up is we stopped halfway through a fight and then the first 20 minutes of the next session, which included the end of the fight, was lost. So it was like, cool, roll from there. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about where we where we stop. It'll just keep going. The, the train keeps going. I'm not the conductor. They're the conductor. I just have to make sure the train doesn't topple over and die. In the I would say that nobody's conductor and the train's just going and they're just not long for the rest <laughs> of the <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, man. Those train tracks go over a cliff. They sure do. And, <laughs> now, and now you've hired me to... I would say you've hired me to build the train tracks to make sure the train keeps running. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like I'm at. I'm just like, guys, wait up! And I'm just trying to run, beat a train. You're, well, the, you're like on a sidecar next to the train. Wait, wait. Uh, do you know, um, oh, what is it? The movie with uh, the... Um, do you think DMing for Dicey has made you a better DM? No. <laughs> I think uh, I think Dicey, uh, DM for Dicey Outcomes has uh, just made me more... Uh... 
I guess, uh, okay. No was a big quit. Uh, I would also say it's only been a f few months, maybe. Yeah. It's not been that far. No, so I don't think it's made me in the terms of like at the table DM a better DM. Um, there's lots of things. If we that that would be something I could go through all the episodes and just show all the mistakes I think I made. But the one thing it did get me to do was go over my source material super well. So like before we started, like I said, like 40, 60 hours of just diving into everyone, a setting I've never done before, never even heard of before. Um, you know, buying all the books, reading all the books that I can, um, making notations on certain ones that I know certain players will need to know, sending links to people that I think would be helpful for them. So I think it made me a better DM in terms of prep. So I'll, I'll say yes to that, and then at the table, no. So you became a better planner yeah. versus DMing because you haven't really changed yeah. your style yet. I feel like um, what the DM style is, I would come up with the world and I would I would purposely not fill in a lot of the details. And then as the players got there, I just make it up on the fly. Do you not have like a consistent world that you revert back to always? Do you just, it's always a new world every time it's a new game? Uh, if we want to get into it, and I'll describe it briefly. The first time I ever like DM'd a whole campaign, it was in a homebrew world for Pathfinder, and then the whole plan was that it was going to have an overarching story that uh, in developed the next three campaigns I run, with the idea being the world always changes, and then as the players go through the campaign, they realize, oh shit, this is the old world, mm -hmm. a thousand years into the future, mm -hmm. and everything's different. Um, yeah, so. Because, um, do you, do you like just doing homebrew stuff, or do you run modules, or... I know you. We we. You're obviously doing Eberron for mm -hmm. Dicey right now. Do you like keep keeping with a consistent setting? Do you have a preference with any of that? Um. If I'm just, if I if it was up to me, I would. <laughs> if I didn't have a really good plan for Dicey outcomes in Eberron right now, there would be a hard, hard chance of uh, hard possibility of uh, at like level six or seven. The crew goes to space and we play space or spell jammer because uh, that's my favorite setting right uh but no I, I i think i love homebrew i think homebrew worlds and everything is super 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 fun um i think anyone who's intimidated by homebrewing doesn't realize that they can just literally come up with a base city like you don't even have to come up streets you don't have to come up with like a whole lot of lore give the lore like 20 years and then just as the players play make it up or if they had come up with a good idea make it canon and then you guys just build it as you want mm -hmm. everyone has imagine uh imagine imagination legos right i i always saw it because i when i first kind of tried to do a dm game i was going to do fandolin and which is classic yeah very well known and I had trouble reading it because I was like, I have to read this and memorize this and know where these things are or have it prepared and just be able to read it and be able to pull from it. And it was just more overwhelming than it was helpful for me personally, because I thought I know the rules and stuff better. I would rather be able to make up what I want to know or be able to change it how I want to go with on the fly versus I need them to get to from this point to this point. Not saying modular DMing is bad or anything, I personally just don't know if I'm going to be that good with it unless I yeah. really get into it. I found it very helpful to make my own homebrew world know it was kind of bad and we just were having fun with it. And then the next thing I remember DMing was from a module. And I remember going, okay, cool. So this is, you know, I'll just, whatever lore this is, I know I can look it up. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a bad, bad, modules are not bad by any means. And homebrew is one of my personal favorites, but I think. Dungeons and Dragons is cool no matter what. You put dragons, you put magic, you put swords, you put bandits in anything and I'll enjoy it, so. I think the last, like, kind of uh, question I'll have here that's more um, specific towards, like, you is, um, like, you're more of a Pathfinder player. Yeah. Like, you transitioned from Pathfinder to 5e... Why again? What was the reason so, for it? Um... My longest game, and my still we're still going on. Uh, it's like a seven or eight year campaign now. Is Pathfinder? Um, it was well, my first game ever was that knockoff first edition, right? And that was bad. 
having four hit points is. Ew. <laughs> really rolled. Yeah, I actually, when I had session zero for my players when yeah. we were in COVID, I did have them start at level one because I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do session zero so you know how to play, so you know yeah. how it goes, and you're going to be level one. And one of them was a squishy little sorcerer <laughs> that I, I think I misread because there is the rules that you start off with max HP. You, you have your, your whatever your hit die is, so it would be six plus whatever your constitution is. Yeah. That's what it should be. I had him roll and he had like four. Yeah. I almost killed him with a poisonous snake bite. Yeah, dude. Not yeah. even kidding. He had uh, one, took one point of damage, two points of poison. He had one point left and it's like, oh my God. And what's funny is, what's funny is he was supposed to hunt down a boar, which this was a scary thing. Cause yeah, this thing could definitely one shot him and he had no problem with it. He like, he, he just like, oh yeah, I'll freeze it. And it never came close. Cause it was so far away. He just frozen just with spells and ice to get it to death. And then on his way home, he randomly, fought a snake and it almost killed him <laughs> i'm so sorry that your character we made your character roll for hp and you got two hp and you spent more time unconscious than that. <laughs> so sorry uh but yeah no pathfinder is my pathfinder is actually i think my preferred uh system um i haven't gone into pathfinder second edition i heard it's really good from uh, a couple canadian dudes uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a really good system. I really like it. I think Pathfinder is super cool in the fact of if you played a lot of D&D 5th edition and you want bigger numbers, more things, and more creative classes. Like, there's a class in Pathfinder that is literally either the Hulk or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And there's all the mechanics for it, too. Like, if you go Jekyll, like, all your friends have to make diplomacy checks just to steer you in the right way. Now I can, like, transform you back. So that's really cool. Um, I like all the skills in Pathfinder. So that's my preferred system. And the reason we switched to 5e is 5e, I think, is a much easier system to learn. And it's because of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, it's just so much easier to play for new players. Like if you want to get someone into Dungeons and Dragons, I think 5th edition is always the best bet. I would agree. Yeah. I Because I've seen looked into Pathfinder stuff. And I, I haven't dove in too wholeheartedly just because time. Because I had, like, if you were to say, hey, we're going to a Pathfinder game, yeah. I'd be more a little more intense of, like, trying to figure out what I would want from it. Because yeah. I know we can do anything from the Avatar yeah. to something Brandon Sanderson-esque to I could probably make my way to be somehow magical uh, Jack Sparrow just running around, like, lucky as crap. Like, that would be his whole character thing, is yeah. he's just a lucky character that somehow he can fight well, too. There was a character where it was a dual-wielding barbarian who uh, dual-wielded huge great swords in one hand each. So they were doing, on each of their attacks, like, 5d6 plus, like, 15 damage. Jeez. And the craziest part was, that wasn't efficient. That wasn't efficient? You know, because all the negatives that stacked on top of it, I had, like, a plus one to hit. <laughs> and, it, and it was bad. But it was fun. But if you hit... Oh. oh boy, that's almost it's almost like uh you could, like guts from Berserk. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pathfinder is great. Uh, I think D and D Fifth Edition is much better to get people into, and I think it's much better to just run. Um, period. When you have more than three or four people, um, I actually think it's this is a hot take. Even though Pathfinder is my favorite, I think D and D Fifth Edition is just an all around better system across the board. Is Pathfinder? Uh, is that like a like, D&D is run by Wizards of the Coast. Yep. Is Pathfinder run by anybody? Or is it a... Um, they're, like, kind of their own little thing. Uh -huh. And the reason that they're so successful is, uh, whereas D&D is run by Wizards and everything, and they kind of keep everything, like, to what they want it to be. Mm -hmm. Pazzo is like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, go ahead and add it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to, like, Pathfinder and, like, look at all the third-party stuff, it's crazy. And then the craziest part is, is like if you look throughout the ages, the amount of third party stuff where Pazzo was just like, yeah, we're just we're just gonna add that. That's great, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Like, it, it has been built by the community and everyone around it. Mm -hmm. That's what it seemed like. It seemed more community built based, yep. and you can find anything from it. Yeah. But it's not as structured and as like the rules aren't like redone, like re-edited kind of a way. Versus yeah. like here's a bunch of stuff to make your clay sculpture versus. Here's a bunch of sticks to go with your clay to make a very like cleanly made sculpture. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm kind of picturing uh, it at the moment. As an example of why I like Pathfinder, 
if anyone gets confused on like the attacks you can get in D&D 5th edition, there is a three sentence line I have to do uh, for all my attacks. And then I redo it every single time for the amount of buffs I'm able to get because it's easier for me to write out the equation for the buffs and everything than it is to remember it because of how many things it changes instantaneously. Holy crap. It's it's intense. That's intense. It's intense. I can go from like a plus 10 to a plus 9 to hit. And then if you give me two turns, I can go to like a plus 21, a plus 19 to hit. My AC goes up by 8. My movement goes up by 10. My reach goes up by 10. That's whack. It's nuts. That, that's like that. <laughs> that's you're like seven. Yeah, that's really that's whack. A doodles, truth be told. Yeah, dude, Pathfinder, you get mini god level pretty quickly. Yeah, that sounds like it. Dd fifth edition, the like free hammer it. I think is a better system. All right, as across the board. Cool. Now we're gonna take a little like sidestep break. Uh oh. What did I just put in front of you? Uh, one of my favorite d20s. Still lights up. Still lights up every time you hold this. No, how old is it? You gave me. You gave me this DN. I carry this thing around with me. It's on my desk. I used it when I was in Greece. This D twenty was probably like maybe the third dice I touched. Really? In terms of like things that were mine. Really? Do you remember the website Think Geek? I do know it. You remember it? I think it's closed down now. This was like one of their like big sellers when I was really back in high school. Yeah. I missed you. You killed a boss for me. All right. What do you got? What's it going to give you today? Ah. Yes. Yeah. Come on. What you is it? One. <laughs> I love it so much. You killed a boss. Seven. Which which is funny because it's right next to one. Imagine if we paired up on that. That would have been amazing. Okay. Let's. Yeah. Eh. It, it has it has betrayed me in sometimes, uh, but it has influenced what I've done sometimes. Um, so let's get into more like a little easier, a little, little quicker questions versus these huge, okay. holy crap. Because we've been going pretty long on that yeah. tangents and stuff. But you're special. You're the DM. Yeah. People want to know. <laughs> um, what's your favorite setting and why? Easy. Eberron. Why? I knew this answer. Yeah, why? Eberron. It's very green. The, it was a homebrew system that won a contest so it made it into licensed D&D and there's certain things in the story and in the lore purposely left out so the DM and the players can make it up and figure out their own story in the setting which is crazy fun uh, and robots and robots okay. everybody loves robots it's like steampunk it's like mix it's almost steampunk but it's also like robots lightning rails and fine ships okay I'm done plus, <laughs> plus, plus little hobbits running on velociraptors Oh man, I forgot about the dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs in Eberron too. It's so cool. Um, what was your favorite game you've ever played? Game uh, that I played, Jason. Excuse me, I said D Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, not Path. I'm just kidding. <laughs> then mine. Then mine is my favorite game. No, mm -hmm. uh, I can I can answer both really quick. Okay. Uh, Pathfinder. Uh, I have a swashbuckling swordsman that has uh gone through so many changes, and it's super cool. Uh, he has all the good skills, and he's not bad. Super fun, and then my favorite uh, D&D uh, fifth edition game was um, the one run by our Jack Carter Caitlin, um, because I got to play a homebrew class, which was a boxer. So we had no frontline fighters other than a monk, uh, and that was super fun to just uppercut people to death. I didn't mm -hmm. do that so much. So yeah, because those are those will also be your favorite characters you've given to. Uh, Archer is definitely my favorite character of all time. Who is Archer? Archer is the Pathfinder Swordsman. Okay. Uh, the other character, uh, Graham, uh, he's just, I, I just liked him because he was a big evil mean dude. And then he eventually realized, oh crap, there's people in the city that have it worse than me. I might need to do something about it. So it's a thug turned hero. Mm -hmm. That's fun. That is fun. Uh, you mentioned like giving magical items away. What's your favorite magical item? My favorite. Oh, crap. No. no. Yeah. I need to pull up my Pinterest real quick. Pinterest. Pinterest. I have a Pinterest board of uh, magic items. They do give a lot of good stuff. I use Pinterest as a lot of storyboarding for uh, uh, things that I write. That's another hobby I like is writing. Um, my favorite D&D item I ever remembered is one of my buddies during our campaign at the very end he got a magical sword from uh the deity he worshipped which was like the deity of rage 
uh, and it was a magic plus, I think it was like a plus five grade sword, so it was nuts. It was a plus five grade sword of returning. This is Pla Pathfinder, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think they go higher than yeah. than plus three. Yeah, like, even a Vorpal sword is only plus three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pathfinder was a plus seven. Mm -hmm. So it was a plus five great sword of returning. It had a special condition of if it scored a crit, it did a fireball on the location of the crit, including everyone around it, uh, of 10d10 damage. Uh, that never that never went away. It was just a constant if you crit on someone with this plus five magic great sword, uh, it does 10d10 damage, and it's a great sword of returning. If if he critted. Yeah. Does he get hit with that? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes. And weirdly enough, uh, what makes me think of that? Uh, Ike, in Smash Brothers. Yeah. yeah. He gets hurt from his yep. uh, from his B move. It's literally just that. Um. Real quick, what are your inspirations in terms of like outside of things when you make your games or when you write and stuff? I know you just said that writing was another one of your hobbies. You're too late to put that as a hobby. Yeah. You you're not allowed to do it anymore. So who who are your what's your inspirations from? Do you have like um, other writers, other DMs? Yeah. So or what uh, movies? Biggest inspiration right now is just hands down Brandon Sanderson. We'll talk about him a lot. Yeah. We're a broken record with him. Uh, Brandon, if you're listening to this, um... We love you. Well, here's the thing. I love him in terms of, like, someone who makes you think. Uh, as someone else who makes stories, I'm so mad he put the bar so high. I know that <laughs> I can never get to that level of bar so high. Uh, so... I mean, I that's your that. that's your opinion on how, how where the bar is, truth be told. Okay. Let's be real. If anyone has ever read the Stormlight Archives and don't think the bar has been set crazy high from storytelling perspective i don't even want to know about you you can stop listening to the podcast <laughs> i am actively not happy with you we should do an entire we we needed to do this at some point in time we need to just do like a special stormlight or cosmere podcast like talk because you're still you're you said you just started reading the final the um, final book yeah. the final book of the first era of mistborn yeah. um hero of ages yep um, um to get back to your question the other big inspiration i think this is what this is probably the person that inspired like me being creative period mm -hmm. is uh eon clopper uh, again e, uh eon 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 okay uh artemis Fowl. oh i have not read those but i yes, know the books that was my favorite books growing up okay uh the, the it, it got the first book was great two was good three was bad four was it's amazing. Five was eh, six bad. <laughs> uh, but he also has other books, and they're like the first books I remember reading. They're like my Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. um, the fact I've never read all the Harry Potter books. I'm up to five now, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, uh, as a child, if someone was able to read book five Harry Potter in one sitting, hats off to you, dude. I one sitting. Well, you know what I mean. Like able to like read it through without like getting mad at Harry uh -huh. stopping. I restarted book five now four times because I get to a point where I'm like, I hate this character. Really? Yeah. Well, I I know from context of Hannah and other people that book five is actually like once you read them all through is actually a really good pivotal book. It's a very big pivotal book. It's a very. But without book six and seven that I know of and can draw on, Harry, I'm just like, just stop being mad for one second. It's been weeks. Why are you still mad? I agree. There, there are some moments in, in the book and the movies where it's just like, you're angry for such a long time. Yes. Which, justified in certain car yes, cases. But when it's I like agree. against his friends and stuff like that, it is a little bit of, a and like get over it. Yeah, and there's like, and like going from like the things I know in book six and seven that partake to book five. I think that's very good planning, story planning. Uh, we can talk about uh, what I don't know. I don't remember the name. Um, are not joking <laughs> dude i don't uh, know who you're trying to say because the author I, of harry potter j, j uh jk rowling jk rowling mm -hmm. uh obviously politically not even going to remotely discuss her but as far as like author goes and everything like that she had really good story planning 
she planned this story very well yeah. and it was very very it's well really done cool. yeah fun fact i read the books uh in order of seven three four five six one two i'm not you kidding the jedi route i see <laughs> i i watched i we saw the last um did you watch but did you watch the movies no so what happened is so okay i will say this me personally reading them that's the order i went with my mom read them to us in like car rides and whatnot that's i think the reason why i like audiobooks it's because i listen to them and i listen to stories better has your mic not been plugged in the whole time no it definitely has been I wanted to edit this part out and just blame Mike issues and not my own stupidity, but here we are, post-production, adding stuff. I would love I, it if I it don't know where it in. stopped. I don't know where it stopped because I was definitely going because I was in the voice chat. Coincidentally, I've also been recording this on Audacity. Something, something, Corey, something, something, trains on track, something, something, something. So it's something. Yeah, we definitely got my voice over there. Yeah. I definitely think you're picking me up. I do, I am picking you up, but it might not be this super loud, but we can just see about that. Um, when I read them physically, I, I had just watched the final, the sixth book movie. Um, I was like, I want to know what happens. And I'm like, all right, I'll just read the book. So I read the book, really liked it. I like the third book movie the best. Read that one. I just continued the streak. And I wasn't going to read, read the seventh book, seventh book when I need to read one too. Yeah. Um. So, you have this. Where are the dating questions? D100. Oh. It's this moment Corey finds out I have unplugged the mic the whole time. Make sure it doesn't come unplugged. All right, let's do it. Why? Why do we have to worry about it becoming unplugged again? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Uh, five. Five? I'm sorry, three. Three? Who is the most fascinating person you've met? Fascinate. This is going to get really gross, and I'm very sorry. Uh, I, I think Hannah is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. It's really gross, I know, but she's uh, she's really great. Uh, she, she's such a, a, a complex individual in the terms of I've never heard someone be so smart about so many different subjects they know about. And then I'm so confused of the sheer, like, obliviousness to some things. The girl can answer any question about animals. However, if her email doesn't immediately load, the computer is broken. I'm just like, you are the smartest person I know, and I know you can do this. She's not tech savvy. And then, uh, not tech savvy. Horse savvy. Horse, oh my god, she's so horse savvy. Uh, but yeah, I, I genuinely think Hannah's one of the more fascinating people I've ever met. I, I think she's great. There's a reason I've been with her for so long. So, so you asked your players to get, send you questions, send me questions to yeah. ask you. I got a total number of zero. <laughs> you lazy ass. Questions from 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 the fans of the show. <laughs> that would actually have been good. That yeah. We should ask. We should ask fans of the show uh, at some point. We'll do part two. We'll just do some more interviews later. I feel like we've done more of a podcast than an interview, basically, right here because we're going on like an hour. <laughs> but we did get one when Maggie was. I think it was Maggie when they were leaving. So if you could uninvent something, what would you uninvent? I fired off a really quick, smart-ass answer, and I think it was uh, matches to mess with Boy Scouts, which I resent you slightly because I'm an Eagle Scout. I used to be a Boy Scout. There's nothing better than messing with some Boy Scouts, dude. As a fellow Boy Scout, I agree. There's some Boy Scouts that were just the best people to mess with. Absolutely. But at the same time, if you got rid of the matches, you got rid of one of the most fun things to do when you play. Flick matches? Flick matches, or I had a bug spray that was flammable. Uh, like, it was an aerosol. Though. Nice. So it was like a puff one. Yeah. It would give a little fireball. Boop. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a real answer here if I could unevent one thing. Uh, it would be what do we mean by like uninvent like can I take like let's say a, like a board game or a card game away it's something that's in existence and get rid of it this is a hot take I'm gonna I'm gonna make someone unhappy okay 
growing up, it was fine. It had its moments in my life where it was fine. I now look back and I hate games like Card Against Humanities and Apples to Apples. I think when it was first out, it was very fun. But now looking back, there's just like, it broke, the game broke down to who can say the most ridiculous thing. And there was like only 10 cards that did that. Uh, so it's very hard to come up with like genuinely funny things. And there's been times where I've been forced to play Apple to Apples or Cards Against Humanity. And I would have rather played like nothing. <laughs> I can think of many a times. I think I skipped the last like 10 times in my life where Apple to Apples was suggested. I'm like, I just won't play. And I love games. But the whole topic of I love games, I will not play Apple to Apples. Hot take. No apples to apples card game kind yeah. of things. And if I could invent another thing, mm -hmm. this is another hot take. Mm -hmm. I realize how petty I am now. Um, Catan. I would uninvent Catan the board game. And only because uh, of one thing and one thing only, I think Catan brought more complicated board games than like Connect 4 or Monopoly to the masses really well. The base version of Catan by itself is the worst game. The worst game. We've had this conversation before and with all this you because your family plays Catan a lot. Yeah. So I, all the I was about to like go off on yeah. like, a great game. Yeah. But here's the thing. I agree. Base Catan, especially four player Catan. Yeah. Six player you can get away with. Yeah. Um because it's more people, more stuff going on. Mm -hmm. In a way more roles. You yep. can get more cards overall until your turn. Um but four players, very dull, kind of. At yeah. least the way I have it, because we would do um, bi-yearly like, game nights with cousins and stuff. And we'd have Cities and Nights and Seafarers with six people going to like 15 victory points. That's, and I think that's much better. Oh, it's so entertaining. Yeah. It would take, you know, let's say four to six hours. But that you have so many more options and things available to you than the base of Catan, which is if... You get four people together and uh, someone's just unlucky and the rest of the people are competitive. There is no way for that person to no catch way. up. No, there's in in multiple multiple versions or multiple expansions of Catan. You could be, okay, I'm going to do longest road because I have good shipping or I have good wood and I'm going to go try to find islands or hey, I have good, good squares, but I have no chance of expanding. I'm going to go for victory points and metropolises and stuff. And that's how it is. There's more avenues for you to actually play and win versus if you, in base Catan, you're stuck in terrible spots, you get nothing. I, uh, I've i won once in Catan with just rocks. I've, I was getting like 10 rocks a turn and I hated it because I was able to win and I, I hated that. Um, there is one rule I could change to Catan, the homebrew rule, and I think it's the most genius thing in the world and it would make me play Catan one more time. You roll three dice instead of two, and you pick the two. Ooh. Right? Because then that also means that you're more likely to be able to uh, pick, like, ones, or, like, snake eyes, twos, yeah. and twelves. And interesting, it also adds that you can pick sevens, though that might be too broken. Yes. And I would say it would also get rid of the whole idea of the night card. Yes. So I would say if you you can't pick seven. I, I unless you roll like seven, actually no. Seven. Then then it gets rid of the whole robber thing and rolling yeah. a seven. Because you roll three dice, there's no way you can do it. But here's the thing. I thought about that. We're, I think we're changing team, but it's fine. Yes. Um Yes, you can pick sevens way more often. You can also pick the resources you want more often. And there's times where you have enough things on that number. It's always getting three cards is better than sometimes making someone get rid of one and potentially getting something. Right. Um, the, only, the only thing I'd say is you you lose that. The only rule that you do lose is when you have multiple cards in your hands. Yes. And if you roll a seven, that's when you have to cut, get rid of half of them or something like that. Yeah. Um, with this, you can't really do that unless mm -hmm. you pick a seven. Uh, I would probably maybe add the... If you or you just do the caveat of you add a die, and if you roll a seven on the Catan dice, you take that. That's true. Yeah. That's fair. Just that's fair. That might be fair, because then it's... Yeah, that's common. I think adding another... I, I just... It blew my mind when I read that, and someone's like, yeah, we just added another guy. And I'm like, 
That's so much better. That might be good. I'll have to explore that because yeah. that's not a bad idea. Okay, um, I think this will be the last full question here. Sir, what are your D&D stats? I, I, I thought long and hard about this because I knew this would come to me. Uh, I would be one of the last people to answer this question, and I didn't want to take it lightly. So, um, my strength is a 20. Strength's a 20? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why did you say next, that? I, next. Next? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with, uh, we'll go down the line. Dexterity? Really? Yeah. Any any reason why? Next. Okay. Um, <laughs> constitution. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next. Intelligence. Next. Twenty. Really. Next. All right. Wisdom. Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Next. Charisma. This is hard. It's hard. Charisma. Yeah. Twenty. <laughs> okay. Uh, real question. Uh, real time. I just threw a thing at Ian and he failed to catch it. He is not a twenty dexterity. Nor is he a 20 wisdom because he has no perception. All right. If, okay. We're going to get to He it. was complaining about his arms being sore today, yes. negative strength, and yeah. constitution. Honestly, not very likable, so I'm just going to get rid of charisma. <laughs> negative two is <laughs> real, real talk. I will, I will give my strength. I find myself somewhat stronger than the average person. I will give myself a 13 is a plus one, right? The black that checks. Or it's 13 of, because it goes. 13 is a plus one. 13. It's every even number that it turns a plus. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself 13. Okay. I think I'm on the verge of having a plus two. Okay. Sure. Then, uh, nothing. I, I, I'm just naturally a tall, uh, rotter dude. Uh, I got some meat on my bones. I can pick up some heavy stuff. Lots. Mm -hmm. I think I have a plus one, almost a plus two. Okay. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. All right. Dexterity. Uh, dexterity, I actually think I am pretty high in. I actually would very. I, I oh, real quick. I do want to point out you did do the Scottish games. Yes. How did you do well in that? I did very well. I uh, the first game, or the first day, I lost to the person who does it professionally, and um, the guy who's won it last six years. So I got third place in that. And then the next day, the guy who did it professionally backed off to help everyone. So I was able to take second. So I nice. But like 20, 30 people, I did pretty good. You did pretty good. Oh, 15 to 20. For a good for a first time or two. Exactly. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Not. I didn't make the papers I've been. Uh, right. But as far as dexterity goes, I think I'm fair. I, I think I used to be fairly just dexterous. I think I'm... I just want to point out, it took us almost an, over an hour and 10 minutes for us to mention Ben and strength. I know. We have to. Well, I was not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I still haven't met the man. Oh my god, you did it! He was here today. <laughs> I don't even think I've met Chase. You saw him walk I'm pretty sure I saw him walk to the car and I, I didn't know it was him because I was... I was polite and I didn't want to interrupt the game. Um, That's my thing. Again, I still have also not met Chase. I know, but the fact that you almost met Ben <laughs> and he left, that's my favorite moment of the day. We had a killer session. This has been a great little interview. That's my favorite moment of the day. Um, next area, I'll give myself a decent, I'm not, I, I think I've taken a nation as I got older, uh, but I used to be very, Dexters. I used to be uh, sponsored for yo-yoing. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I used to be pretty good at uh, yo-yoing. What a nerd! Yeah, <laughs> a loser. Uh, yo-yoing. Yeah, yo-yoing. I used to. I'm gonna 100% make. I got into sleight of hand magic tricks for a while. Um, I was bad at those though. This is why we know Ian hates bards. He was one himself. I was bard. A joke. They're, they're, if we want to get into the bard story, there was a time where for a whole night I did bar tricks and I had like eight or nine drinks bought for me. I drank free that whole night with yeah. bar tricks. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, yeah, so I would give myself like a 15 with a peak potential of 16 with plus three. I in think terms I'm, of dexterity? I think I'm, okay. in terms of like, I think like if you if we say like acrobatics, I think I have a like race negative. Okay. Uh, but as far as like anything else, uh, dexterity wise, I think it would actually be pretty good. You're pretty handy too. I mean, not you've, too you, bad. You, you build stuff, you work on stuff. Yeah, I, I, You're about to help me with my I car. Okay. Uh, constitution. Bro, uh, in my old age, just, it feel like. Your old age of like what, 27? Uh, I feel like it's. I, I, I'm constantly feeling like my body's falling apart and, uh, I have like this like kink in my shoulder that just will not work itself out. So there are days where I have this jolting pain that goes through my entire body and chest. Just 
negative three. We'll go from there. I'm cursed, whatever. So without, you have a six? Yeah, without that, zero. I wouldn't okay. say I'm any particularly sturdy than anyone else. Okay. Not anymore. I used to forget. So then intelligence? Intelligence, I would... Everyone tells me I'm smart. I don't believe them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> decent classes in college. Uh, I can understand concepts really well. I like Excel spreadsheets. I like the uh, conditions in... I'll take you liking expel, expel spreadsheets make you smart. I think I can grasp concepts easy and I can see an endpoint and know the con uh, like the steps to get there. But as far as like pure intelligence goes, yeah, give me a plus one. Okay. I'll take the plus one. I don't think I'm that much more. I can give you a plus one. A lot of these I find when I was thinking about it with myself, like I would say I'm strong, but I'm not ripped. Yeah. Because I, I do do sports and I do lift heavy and stuff. But I'm mostly leg based. Yep. So it's like I think there's a caveat with a lot of things here. I think you're smart in a lot of things, very intelligent and you yeah. know, plant like doing some stuff. Then you're real dumb. Dude, I get so dumb sometimes that it's awful. Like work having worked with you, <laughs> it's pain. So then we go wisdom. Wisdom, I think I think I'll give myself a plus two of that. Plus two? Um I know not to mess with people who are bigger than me. <laughs> I know not to uh Keep things on the ground, and I don't know. I, I if I if I if I had to, it's that whole concept of going back to. I know what the end and beginning steps of stuff are, and I can kind of figure my way out from mm -hmm. there. Uh, and I think that's more wisdom based than intelligence based. Yeah. I think understanding X goes into Y, so Z must be the next logical conclusion. Kind of thing. Logic. All right, final one. Charisma. I think I can I can always talk to someone. You're no Hannah. What? You're no Hannah. <laughs> Dude, a hard time in my life where like no matter what we did, <laughs> no, it's like you laugh. I remember this very specifically. There were times where people would be like, yeah, come over and do this, come over and do that. And then they would end it with, you're bringing Hannah, right? And it would just be like, yeah, okay. I get it. Bring Hannah. <laughs> uh, so there was a time in my life where, like, yeah, I know Hannah, which means people like me. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think it's very likable. Yeah. I can talk to people about anything and everything. And plus one. Maybe. Give myself plus one. Plus one. Plus two. Full confidence. Interesting. Yeah. I gave myself. I was smart enough to give myself a plus one in intelligence. Uh, that could be foolish. Uh. That's also might be boastful. You also might be dumb. But it's only a twelve. It's like a situation. Yeah, world. yeah. I have a magic item somewhere. Right. You have a like a wristband <laughs> or the filling of filling of intelligence by your tooth. Build that's up, build some sort of gap. I think I think what would be good eventually, if we were to go come back to this, or if like Dicey were to ever do a, a step two of a campaign or something like that, and you wanted to do, redo player interviews or something like that. I would like that. Or if people wanted. Or if the people, um, the people, the people. Um, if they wanted to get to know people more, I would almost be curious to go through each skill. I would, we, so me and Ben, we, our first interview, um, we actually, first interview completely messed that one up. That's yeah. all my fault. I deleted it by mistake. Yeah. And, uh, in that one, we actually went with what skills are you proficient with? Right. Because um, the thing is, the reason why I would want to go through each one, because... It makes sense because like for me i would be say i'd probably have a good survivability but caveat in terms of where it is also right now actually maybe be lower because i haven't been doing much outdoorsy stuff you forgot which bear to eat <laughs> right but it's like it's always like a little yeah blue's good blue's good but it's like those sort of things i'd be more curious to see if like because some people are better nature wise versus history wise i'm great at history here's a hot take uh-huh um the next uh, the next iteration of Dicey Outcomes is 100% either going to be Spelljammer, mm -hmm. or it might not be 5th edition. What would it be? Uh, something else. I don't know if it would be Pathfinder 2e, I don't know if it would be uh, another kind of like different uh, Would it be some sort of like Dimension 20 crazy system thing? System thing? Yeah, I, th I would like doing that. 
if I had my heart, if I had every heart's dream, I would uh, force everyone to read the Gaslands RPG system uh -huh. because it's Mad Max. And everyone gets their little Hot Wheel that they get to break the windshield, break the cars. That would be pretty, like. that'd be dope. Uh, they, they, there's uh, rules for each car that you use, like motorcycles, coupes. Uh, there's rules for pickup trucks, semi-trucks. Uh, that's my, like, if I could do that, that would, I think that'd be super sick. And I think that would, like, in terms of, like, business things, I think that'd be the coolest top-down Twitch stream thing you could do. Because you can build a little car track. Yeah, and you can put it on the side. Yeah, and you can, like, put little cameras on the cars or something. You can make them do their little drifts. All right, well, we went extremely long. We went extremely long. But you're special, and we kind of, we, we went on tangents. I think we'll have to do this at some point else, because yeah. everybody's a talkative, talkative person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ian. No problem. Thank you, Corey. My pleasure. Thank you for coming to my house and talking to me. Yeah. I have to, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be on you for everything. I'm going to call you before every session and be like, did you plug everything in? Is everything recording? Everything working? Bye-bye now. See you in the next iterations of Dicey Outcomes. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs>